An elegant weapon for a more civilized age. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an elegant weapon episode three hundred and eighty five. My name is Jay, J.M. Clark, Jay the Jedi Ross, Ross Jedi Jay, and as always, it is so wonderful to have all of you here in the as of yet unnamed brand new podcast studio here in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario. Hope everybody is doing well. Hope everybody is doing fine. Uh, doing all right myself. Uh, we got a little bit of sad news. You know what? Before I get into the sad news and all this nonsense, I'm going to completely bring this down because we have a little somber moment. Uh, a couple hours ago, I learned that Mr. Jeremy Bullock passed away. Uh, I just want to give my condolences to everybody out there feeling it, his friends, his family, his fans. Jeremy Bullock, of course, the original man in the suit for Boba Fett. Um, and a strange time for him to pass on uh, with the uproaring success of The Mandalorian and the return of Boba Fett uh, to the Star Wars universe. So, I uh, just wanted to mention that we're all sad. A lot of us got to meet him um, uh, through our various con adventures. Today, I've been seeing nothing but pictures uh, being posted by people at uh, conventions and uh, of times they've gotten to meet him. So it's very, very cool. I'm just going to find our little, uh, I don't know if we're actually live or not. It says that we are. <laughs> But I don't see it on my page. Isn't that strange? Hmm. Sorry for the little glitch in that. Uh, I'm going to ignore it because uh, we are recording in various ways tonight. Joining me, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a long time since I've spoken with our good friend, Mr. Kevin Miner. How are you, Kevin? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Of course, it's awesome to have you here, man. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, you seem to be surviving well and uh, procreating and such throughout this pandemic, yes? <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, my my daughter uh, was born just a few weeks before, like, all the lockdowns started happening and all that stuff, so. What? Like, well, like when first we were, of all, when congratulations. We talking... <laughs> Thank you. Well, it was, it was honestly, it was still when we were talking about, like, is this going to be a thing? Is this, like... <laughs> <laughs> like, did you hear about this stuff that's going on? Like, is this going to be real serious? And then uh, a few weeks later, because it was, it was like she was born right in the beginning of February. And by middle of March, it was full-blown pandemic time. That's, so, cra- that's crazy. What a time to be born, yeah. man. Like, uh, yeah. It's a story. Well, it, was, it was honestly it's a story it was to tell, talking, right? Like, <laughs> like, did you hear about this stuff that's going on? Like, is this going to be real serious? Oh, sorry. We got a little bit of overplay there. It, it keeps happening when the, when the Zoom uh, pipes up there. I thought it was you going on with yourself. But anyway, sorry, kids. We always have that little blip at the beginning of the show. Man, this is just like professional like crazy, isn't it? I'll tell you. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's like a good omen, like when you break a glass on opening night, like for a restaurant or something, you know? It's well, man, I used to have this so smoothed out because, uh, okay, there we go. We're live. We're good. I'm hearing comments. I'm seeing comments. I'm taking comments from an Elegant Weapons page. I've shared this on my personal page. A lot of people often comment there. I won't see it. I am watching here on an Elegant Weapon, and thanks for you kids tuning in and watching um yeah i got really used to it and after years i got the audio thing down right like if i just do a straight up audio podcast where i'm not going live or anything you know i've got that right slicked out and but then the zoom thing happened because the pandemic happened and i was like well i can't you know if everybody else is going live i gotta go live too right and uh but i took a little break when it started because everybody jumped into this and Zoom exploded and almost everybody was interviewing everybody all over the place. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is kind of nuts. And, you know, I had to kind of find my comfort zone and all of that. So I actually took some time off. There was a little bit there. I didn't do any podcasting because I just kind of wanted to see where the currents were going. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then what I realized was it was it was kind of getting a little repetitive for me. Even I found in my own interviews that it was just Kickstarter after Kickstarter after Kickstarter. And you can only ask about Kickstarters in so many ways. Do you know what I mean? Oh um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, decided to take a little break and kind of do some other stuff. And we've had some really exciting conversations. Thanks to Donald Robertson 
uh, psychotherapist and uh, stoic enthusiast uh, philosopher for showing up last week. We had a crazy, crazy conversation. Um, all right, Kevin. So we know that you have survived the pandemic here. Kevin and I originally met uh, out in Michigan uh, due to Source Point Press, of course, uh, your past work, No Rest for the Wicked, uh, that you took part in with mm-hmm. your brothers, uh, Matthew and Jake. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they came along for this one, too, for Mega Awesome Notebook. Which is very <laughs> exciting. So this is something yeah. that is is exactly. Uh, I'm glad this this came up at this time because it's exactly the different kind of thing that uh, I'm looking to talk about these days. Because um, this right here, kids, this is the mega. I, I don't know if you can see this straight. It might be flipped. I don't know if I'm mirrored right now. That looks good to me. All right, this is the mega awesome notebook. This is Kevin's latest creation. It's a an award winning latest creation, is it not? What did it yes, get? Oh, yes, it is. What was the award? Uh, so it just most recently won uh, the silver medal in the 2020 International Reader's Favorite uh, Awards. So like for all the books they reviewed for the year, uh, it got uh, second overall for graphic novels uh, in general. Not like not like kids graphic novels or why I got just graphic novels, period. So that was kind of cool. That's amazing because it's got international yeah. in the, in the title too, right? So oh yeah, this gives oh, it yeah. an extra oomph, man. It's that global world. Yeah, you, you got to throw it in there, make it give it a little, give it a little extra. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, would you classify this as a graphic novel? Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It's I'm, it's it's skewed towards like a kind of middle grade and all ages, uh, just by the way uh, that it. Uh, I mean, it, it was set up originally, like I, I pitched it to a few companies to do like a short series to be collected into a graphic novel, like a trade. But um, I, I mean, it's it's a complete uh, story front to back. So, I mean, I, I have no problem putting it down as a graphic novel. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I in no way argue that it is, but it's so much more than that at the same time. That's what I love about this thing. It is so unique. Oh. It's one of the most original things in, in such a simple way, though. And, you know, there's so many elements to it that are familiar, yet you're kind of like, why has nobody done something like this with, with an idea like this yet, you know? So, uh, and you pulled it off crazy. So I did, you've been on a nutty press tour, pretty much. You've been doing a lot of interviews and stuff, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, been doing some interviews and uh, get some like write ups and some paper, like local papers and stuff like that. But uh, uh, my my publisher's been kind of shopping me out to other places too, and like like oh, make sure you talk to this person. Sure. And so it's been cool, and I've just been kind of posting it as I go, and I've still got a few more to do. There's been some great but, reviews. It's getting reviewed awesomely, mega awesomely. I'm gonna make that pun a million times tonight, kids, because awesome is just usually part of my vernacular, anyways. Oh, just um, just lean right into it. Don't 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 run away from it. Why fight it, right? Just embrace <laughs> yeah. it. Embrace it. And uh, yeah, but see, that's the thing. You're with a kind of like a different. You're like with a book publisher, and uh, you're kind of going on this. I know it's pandemic, but either way, the the review process has seemed more like a book review type process. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and it is a book. It's a kids book. It's a YA book. It's it's more than that because uh, you know it's also in a way a stoner book. As 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 uh, <laughs> as as an enthusiast myself, I I loved it. I had so much fun reading it, and just like it says in the book itself, it's a total trip, right? Like this th- this whole idea, what? and then the story itself is a trip, man. It's it's a very meta approach to storytelling. Um, you know, a lot of fourth wall breaking. Uh, a lot of like uh, the core of the book is, I mean. Uh, you're you're in the place of the kid who's drawing in the notebook so it's like the drawings are talking to you and so they're interacting with you and uh i, I felt like that was our at both like a risk to take like were, were people gonna get that uh and i think it i think it actually comes off very well but like when i was when i was making it and uh in the early stages i would i definitely had some worries like are people gonna get this is this a little too is this a little too weird or a little too out there and uh, you know the early some some of the early reactions I got were just like this is so cool, um, like like when I went to publishers, but they would say kind of what you said, and they'd say, but I don't know what is it. Right. <laughs> I didn't really have a I didn't really have a good answer for them. Well, part of that is in the production of the book itself, which we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. I think that lends it lends to some of the confusion about what this thing is. Um, mm-hmm. 
But as far as there, there has been that idea right back to Disney of animators or cartoonists interacting with their drawings and maybe running yeah. something out. But it's usually been, you know, it's usually been limited to like a joke or a comic strip panel or, you know, a quick little funny in a cartoon. But you mm-hmm. have taken that idea to a level that nobody's thought of, of like a serious kind of, you know, way more character interwoven what? interaction, right? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a few steps further. But I've had some people say like they remind, reminds them of like uh, Duck a Muck, like from uh, Daffy Duck, like the the you know from Warner Brothers. Like there's there's one the where he's like drawn in. Yeah, yeah, like in the yeah. animator like draws them into like a flower and stuff like yeah. that and messes with them. Yeah, yeah. And there's def there's definitely some parallels there because of the relationship between Dud, who's the main character in the story. And I like to say like the the other main character is the the creator, the boy, the the person with the pencil. He's more like of the story kind of or surrounding the story. And they have like an id ego relationship, so they kind of butt heads a lot, and it creates some conflict and some fun moments in the book. And uh, so when I got compared to that, uh, I think uh, one of the editors I talked to at Scholastic when it was very early on compared it to that, and I was like, "Thank you, that's actually I love that cartoon, great." <laughs> Absolutely. It's, I didn't think of that. It's so got its own. I love that cartoon when he, like, he took his beak right off and then he uh, raised his beak and he couldn't speak, just giving him the look and stuff. Yeah, that was great times, man. And even, uh, like, uh, Simon, you know, the old, like, chalk drawings. It kind of reminds me of the old Simon chalk drawing cartoons. Did you ever watch those? (laughs) No, no. There was nothing in those. There was, uh, Romper Room. I think it was on Romper Room. Is that Canadian? Do you guys have Romper Room? You guys had Romper Room, right? Remember when they held like up the, the mirror thing and I see Jimmy and Kat and Kathy and Sally? Did you do you remember? Yeah, that? I got I got, I gotta tell you, it sounds like familiar. Like I know I've heard Romper Room before, but it, it might be Canadian or maybe I just missed it. Okay, so one of the cartoons that would play <laughs> like like after like the real life segments and stuff was Simon, and it was uh about this chalk drawing. And the chalk drawing was drawn by this little boy. And then the little boy would kind of go into the chalk world and hang out with his, uh, no, his name was Simon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, my name is Simon and the things I, well, that I draw come true. And then he does chalk drawings and they all interact and stuff. But again, when you started that it made me think of Mike Myers on he, SNL. He took it from it was, that. Yeah. He took yeah. his, you know, yeah. maybe it was Canadian then if he was watching it back then, you know, maybe I got to find that up, but somebody out there, let me know. Are you still watching Crystal or Joey? You guys are locals. Was Romper Room local? I don't know. But either way, it's still like a lighthearted idea. But there's some moments in this book where you're like, "Yee, like things are getting a little like uh, over that edge." Do you know what I mean? Which is exciting because you don't but, you don't treat it like uh, like kitty. It is way more like you know YA or even you know young adult type stuff, which is cool. Well, in some of the 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 subject matter of like. Uh... Like the, the story is, I like to say, it's kind of like deceptively uh, like heavy. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's very goofy through most of it. But then there's like a couple of things that, you know, um, I didn't even honestly, like when I started writing it, I was just having fun with it at first. But then I kind of came down to the core of like, why would somebody draw in their notebook? Like, like what, like it's, it's at a certain point, like, like even for artists, like, um, there's there's a amount of escapism and control that you have in your sketchbook that you you control this world and it's a blank canvas that you can do anything with and there are so many times when like i always felt like i did my best work uh as a writer or like when i was doing digital colors or or even drawing like when i was upset because i would just like really zero in and i could channel all that and so like i kind of thought about well as as I started going through like writing mega awesome notebook like why would this kid be in his notebook so much well he's probably got some things going on and like what would and and so then like I kind of uh started putting it all together and it it really came together nicely because that that wasn't where I was intending to go but as the characters got more fleshed out it like I kind of pivoted and it made like the whole story came together well, it's 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 neat because it's meta in a in in a way that it is drawing in itself or doodling in a notebook or writing down your thoughts in a journal is a very therapeutic process, right? And oh, to go, go through using that process to create your story must have been in itself therapeutic at times, no? 
Oh well, yeah. Uh, uh, some of the inspiration came from just how I was as a kid. I, I would be in class and supposed to be doing something at, like math or something, and I would just be I would just have drawn all over my paper because I didn't want to, I didn't want to do it. Right, right, right. <laughs> you right. know. Yeah. And, I, and I would do these very intricate drawings where like a stick man on like the upper left would like climb down all the words and the problems and everything like it was a mountain and then end up and it would be like this whole thing where he's like jumping over stuff and things are exploding and he gets blown across the page and right and so like i can i feel like i can draw like a direct line to when i used to do that as a kid to the creation of this book well when you guys were kids you know being the three of you being creators and you know artists it's was it a super artistic home growing up or was that just coincidence or are your parents artistic? How did that come about? Um, I mean, I, I, I don't think my parents are artistic in the same way that you would think of it. Uh, I mean, my mom is an English teacher and she reads like crazy and I, and I think she really encouraged us to be creative. Right. Um, I remember as a kid, she would bring home those um, like reams of, uh, printer paper with the with the pull off tabs on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she just pull she just pull them out, and we'd take out like, these big tubs of crayons, and we'd just go nuts. And like, uh, she'd use that to keep us entertained. Um, my wife recently, like on a trip home, uh, we were like kind of going through some some. I was cleaning out some stuff in my old room, and I pulled out a, a stack of sketchbooks about like that. Oh. And uh, she was she was looking through them, and, and like. It, and it, like, I was actually like, please don't. Right, right, <laughs> this right. Is, this is kind of embarrassing. Uh, but like, she just, she just kind of said like, this is adorable, first of all. <laughs> because I mean, they're like going back to, like, I was like a kindergartner. Like I had tons of them. Oh, you gotta and, be thankful. Um, as embarrassing as and, that is, you gotta be thankful they're there, right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And, but she also said like, she's like, Mega Austin Notebook makes so much more sense now. Like okay. she's she's like she's like I really I really get like where a lot of this came from because when I first started it she was very nice and like just like what is this what are you doing <laughs> 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 you did well like, I read like, I read that one interview you did and you described the uh, how it came about and it really was like a middle of the night idea it was and then you what you immediately rather than sleeping you put it on sticky notes. You, you yeah. did out you did out a rough quick 30 pages or something and she came down in the morning and you tried to explain it it didn't go well <laughs> yeah so so when i when i storyboard like when i'm like in the planning phases i will um i'll use sticky notes or note cards and i'll write down the story beats that i want and like i'll i'll move them around as i'm like okay i, I like this i don't like this i'll get rid of this i'll move this here i'll move this around uh, let's see if i can save this for later and like, I was just kind of having like this stream of consciousness, like thought process as I was going through it. And it was like three in the morning and I was just like, I was just sitting at the kitchen table and I'm just writing down everything as I can. I'm just laughing and I like, seriously, like, I'm <laughs> writing as fast as I can. Cause it's like, I don't want to lose this, this, I don't know, this flow I had. And, uh, so I, I, I did that and I'm messing around with all these, uh, like sticky notes. Cause that was the first thing I could find. And I, I had drawn out like like some character sketches and stuff like that. And my wife comes down. I'd probably been down there for about four or five hours at the point. She comes down around like six, seven o'clock. And uh, she just looks at me and she's like, what's going on? And it was, dude, it was like right out of uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind where <laughs> like... he's got the mashed potatoes. <laughs> and I'm just like, this is important. This means something. And... <laughs> <laughs> and, and I must have just like nuts I, and, and I, I'll totally own it because she was just like, what are you doing? And, um, and, and I tried to explain it. And like, I was just like explaining it terribly. Cause I'm trying to like, it was like word vomit. Like I was just trying to right. say everything at once and nothing was making sense except in my head. And so uh, that's when I went and I, I, I got some sleep and I started like making this mock-up of like, I made like a physical mock-up, like in a notebook of each page and how I was going to do it for like an example, because like, I felt like I almost just couldn't describe it properly. And uh, so I showed that to her and she goes, okay, this makes more sense, but still like, what are you doing? And it still wasn't quite there. And then I showed it to my brothers and I, I'm like, they'll get it. <laughs> this, is gonna be, 
this is gonna be a home run i can't wait to show them i show them and they're like dude what did you what what are you doing <laughs> and i'm like i was just like I, I really was it was like such a gut punch i was like no how did i get this this is this is great i know it's good i know it's good and i was like having like this weird like am i crazy like like do i just like have i just gone off like this weird creative tangent and eventually i convinced them to like work with me on just like i i said like just give me like two comic pages because it's it's the book is part partially notebook pages and then partially traditional comic book pages and i said just give me two comic book pages i'm going to do the rest and you guys will see how this works and they said fine and i did it and that was my original pitch when i started going around i, I took it to san diego like in 2016 oh, yeah? i think oh Not yeah long ago, eh? yeah well it took it um i didn't i didn't get I, I kept getting like meetings with people which was great and people were like this is cool what is this like <laughs> yeah and like and, and uh i didn't have as many comic book pages in it and actually i can um i remember i i randomly talked to uh jamal eigel at, oh he, right he was, on jamal is yeah, he was a show he was he was over i didn't i didn't um I, I didn't know him. I thought I was just talking to somebody over at, I think it was Action Lab he was at. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he I, he didn't say who he was till like the end, I think. I, so I didn't, <laughs> I, guess, right. I think I just asked to talk to like an editor or something. He's like, yeah, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Get this guy out of here. Yeah. And he gave me just this awesome critique though. Like he's looking at it and he's just like, okay. Okay, I see what you did. And then he just goes, but you need to do this. You need this, and you need some more pages here, and you, you're not you're not fleshing this out enough. And like honestly, like like that quick critique of maybe like 20 minutes or something. Like I I walked out of there like, yep, mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah. But but, no, but, but, but like man, I don't and, know. And, 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 and I was just like I was like it's close. It's not there. It's close though, you know. Yeah, and and yeah. then I and then I refined the pitch, and I took it a few more places, and then like the pitch was like just a lot better after that. And I ended up I ended up going with. Uh, Schiffer because they also were interested in uh children's books that was I was pitching too. Right. So it was kind of like a package thing. So it was nice. That's awesome. How, uh, how it eventually yeah. worked out. Yeah. No, Jamal, Jamal knows what he's talking about. I don't know if he still is. Oh, yeah. He, he was like art director or creative something director for Action Lab for a while there. I don't know if I he's don't still think he is anymore. Post, but yeah, he was doing that for a bit. Um, when yeah. was, I think I saw Jamal last at like New York Comic Con or something, but yeah, I could see I could see him having a word or two that could just kind of throw that polish on there. Now you described how part of it is like comic pages and part of it is notebook. This is what I want to talk about as far as the production of this book. So mm -hmm. it's trippy because it's a well-made book, but as you can see, kids. It's, uh, you know, my ring light's going to be weird there, but maybe I get it on an angle there. Uh, you can see here that the book itself, I'll show you the title page here, as you can see. Looks like a notebook. I don't know if you can see the lines there, but when you look- You can just see them right at the end just there. Just see them yeah. there? Um, yeah, just, just at the end, it got like it came into focus. Now it starts out with what you call the good art as provided by your brothers. Yes. Yes. yes yeah. Yes. Uh, Jake did the pencils, Matt did the inks, and I did the digital colors, and then Matt did the letters. So, so. now that is when we're going through the perspective of uh, just, you know, the, the narration of the story. But when we're going through the creator's perspective of the story, it's been done in penciled notebook, lined papered notebook, if you can see mm -hmm. that there. Now, the trippiest thing about this book to me is that every time I open it, I assume I'm going to have pencil on my hand. <laughs> and it's a yeah. literal physical weird reaction because it, it's so, so well done. Like, I don't know what it, what is it? Like, you obviously use the real notebook, right? Yeah, I used I yeah. used real notebook paper. Which, and you just scan that, the that, pages that was, and yep. straight up, that's it, eh? Like, <laughs> yeah, there's no trickery and, 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 to this. And, no, I honestly, I was racking my brain at the beginning, thinking about how I was going to achieve the look. And eventually, I just said, screw it. I'm going to draw right in a notebook. So I got, like, a few different notebooks and, like, tested out some different papers and stuff that I like. 
And I said, I'm going to drop one page on the next, one page on the next. And like, so you can even see some like press indentations and stuff in there. And I meant for it to be like that um, yeah. because I want, I wanted it to feel as authentic as possible um, to the point where like, uh, that was one of the things my brother Jake was like, no, you can't do it. Jake is like a trained professional, very polished artist. Right. And I, I told him what I wanted to do. And he was like, no, you can't do that. No, and like, and I was like, nope, I'm doing it. I don't care. It's, it's amazing. Sweet. It makes you want to draw. <laughs> when you're looking at it, it makes you want to doodle. It makes you want it, a blunted pencil because, like, you like, okay, as far as the pencil, I, I use I use Ticonderoga pencils on it. Uh, it's I mean, a, like, like, I didn't use art pencils. Like, it's 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 <laughs> uh, it's amazing the way it translated like this. It's just unbelievable how original something so simple looks and then it just it makes your mind bend because you're you're used to a process in a book and it, at least mm -hmm. as a comic fan you know you're used to this pencils and inks and digitals and then colors and then you know fix it all up you literally mm -hmm. drew with a pencil on lined paper and scanned it it's unbelievable how well it turned out too like uh it, one thing that threw me off is if you go to part two um where he's interacting with um uh tom sawyer and uh the the whiteout comes into play the first time that my artist uh proof or my writers proof like the the first copy cool they send like a bottle of um but uh i actually had to go with my finger you can't, yeah, you can't see the texture on there, but the texture came through so good on the whiteout. Now that that I did in Photoshop, that I did in Photoshop, right. but like came through so good that I was like touching it with my finger, like did is that real? And like, <laughs> and I'm the one who did it. <laughs> what a cool little trick too! And <laughs> it threw you had me to off, go all it was, through it. It came out so yeah. cool. Do each of these little bits here with the with the thing eh that's amazing how many pencils do you know how many pencils it took to draw it can you oh guess? i don't know um <laughs> i had i i had well i well i had like a rotating group of pencils um for different things that i wanted to okay, do right, so, right. so i had like i had like a couple of boxes like ticonderoga pencils that i was using and i would start with a sharp one and do any fine detail lines that i needed to do and as it as that got more dull, I would rotate out and I had like kind of like three levels of bluntness, like so it'd be like sharp, then like medium. And then if one was getting really dull, because I'd use it a lot, I saw like if I had to like depending on what I wanted to do, I would use a different one of those pencils. Right. Cause for as simple as you've kept it, there's some really beautifully intricate uh moments in here, like here. I don't know if you kids can see uh where's the sard where'd the sarcophagus? where is it oh yeah so uh, it's right in here i don't know if you can they see that at all <laughs> yeah you can yeah, see some of this uh that's that's posed that's edgar Allan post uh right. torture dungeon <laughs> it's amazing but yeah when you look back at it the detail is beautiful like you got so fine and light like how did you achieve that even well well, was some of those, some of those I achieved with Photoshop. Some of those I actually had Matt or Jake step in and draw and then send me scans. And I would like, so like, I didn't draw the, um, the torture table. Matt did. Okay. And, uh, there's like another one, uh, MC, there's like an MC Escher page that, uh, two plate, two page spread that, that Matt drew. And then okay. I drew Dud in other places. The Edgar so Allan Poe is amazing. <laughs> He was fun. I, I had a lot of fun fleshing out like what I thought like a cartoony, like what would a kid draw like a cartoony Edgar Allan Poe like? And so, right. But you, at the same time, you nailed them. You know what I mean? And <laughs> uh, your nieces are involved as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I have two nieces who are um, really starting to become uh, like very good teenage artists in their own right. Um, right. How old? Uh they are 14 and 16. Okay. And uh, I asked them to send me some doodles. So this was back in 2016. So they were, they were still a little bit younger. Uh, or actually, it would have been 20, 2016, 2015, I think, when I was like doing production and doing the book. 
so it was like a long time ago yeah geez man <laughs> but uh well it uh th- there's there's some reasons why i like it because it didn't get released till 2019 Schiffer took it in like 2017 like i started shopping in 2016 Schiffer took it in like 2017 and then they decided to not i had to finish it because i wasn't finished with the entire thing yet and then they didn't release it till 2019 so it, it's been a long journey for the book for sure um, definitely not the kind of turnaround you get from comics. No, like, but uh, this is a different kind of process here in and of itself. But you people got to go get this book and you got to look at it. There's so much to look at. Like, it's amazing how you've interwoven such simplicity with such detail. It's it really, really is. It, I think it's my favorite part of the book. It's just the way that you've done that. And then these simple pages, too, with like, I don't know. I think it's I think it's goddamn genius, man. I think it's uh, so well <laughs> put you. together. Now your nieces, I guess, just grew up doing the art because of your brothers, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my my brothers uh, Matt and Jake, very very talented artists, and their their daughters are picking up right. They're picking up, up uh, what their what their dads are throwing out there. Right. They're 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 falling right in line. They're they're very good for their age. Um and. I had them do like a couple of doodles and I, I think it was honestly as simple as um, I, I said, just draw something. I don't care what it is. Just draw something. Yeah. And uh, I, so the, the, there's basically four chapters to the book and the, the chapter dividers are like dividers in like a five. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like they're like folder, like folder pages, like from like a notebook. Right. And so on the front page of that is uh, the introduction to the chapter on the backside is just like a random doodle. So then I made up a doodle based on what they gave me. Okay. And so, and so, and, and I, and I worked their doodle. in. so I, uh, I think uh, Lexi, uh, my brother, Matt's daughter, she did a uh, robot. And then uh, Macy, my brother, Jake's daughter did uh, an alien. <laughs> so Nice. That's awesome, man. Uh, yeah, it's cool to have art rats in the family because it's like it oh. encourages yourself too. You know what I mean? Because I've got a ten-year-old, and uh, he's he's at quite an advanced point himself. And you know, I know he's got just. I come from an artistic family, and a, a lot of us can draw and stuff. So I wasn't surprised that he picked it up. Um, how far he's ran with it just blows my mind. Well, well, still look at how much like inspiration there is just around your your right. studio. Well, right that's there, the thing. This kid has grown up at Comic Cons since the day of his yeah. birth. He's been going to Comic Cons since the first year of his life, and for the past few years, you know. And the cool thing is, we have this, you know. Well, as with most places, but in Toronto, there's a very tight comic community, of course, and all the artists, everybody knows each other. And, you know, how many kids get to grow up just running around Comic-Cons, sitting there watching guys draw, uh, you know, at their tables for, you know, yeah. hours upon end and just mimicking and copying and soaking it in. So he's been doing that for years. And I've always spoiled him with the best stuff I can get. You know what I mean? Like, well, you, gotta, you, you have like a good you have like a good line to cool, unique stuff, too, on top of just like liking like nerd stuff like you have like you have like a line because of what you do to like really cool like exclusive or neat or different stuff on top of it being like nerd centric so you know what i mean so i think it gives it like an extra kind of level of um uniqueness yeah no it's cool like well i you know he's never liked star wars ever he's just never got into it which you know Mm -hmm broke my heart a little but you know he's still he's still got his nerd cred because he's passionate about a great many things but anime is what's taken over his life and that's, it's all that's that a, that's all a thing the, man all he draws now is anime i try to encourage him to try to learn to do other styles and techniques and this and that which he does occasionally but it's kind of got to come to him himself but man the anime is relentless like mm-hmm. just insane here I'm, i'll be right back It'll take two seconds. You can even watch me do it, kids. I'm going to pull something off the wall here. I just, uh, I actually got him to draw something that wasn't anime. And I was so goddamn happy with it. And it turned out so well that I actually framed it. Uh, Oh, that is great. 
So this is a Venom that he did recently. And he, see, this This is the tan tone. That is fantastic. Uh, sketchbook. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, the... He, he, he got, I had to make a special trip to Michael's, uh, you know, the craft store out here because he, he, oh, yeah. he, he got these really nice pencil crayons, but he, he wouldn't draw on anything. It had to be the tan, right? Because that's what mm -hmm. Mike Ruth draws on. Right. And that's what all the pros draw on and stuff. So it had to be the tan. So I got to make well, a well, special. Let's, let's be honest. When you, when you put it on that tone paper and you do like a nice line of white around it and so like, I mean, and you do the white highlights, it really does pop. Like he's got a oh, point. Oh yeah. He did, yeah, and, yeah, and he nailed it with the uh, with the pencil crayons and stuff in there, and I was like, damn, that turned out nice, man. So yeah, it's a cool gig and it's a cool thing. And then, you know, when creative creativity gets you know nurtured and stuff, you end up things like with things like the uh, mega awesome notebook, man. I remember when you started like talking about it and it started coming out, and I was just like, what is it? Like I don't get I, it. I because it's I so think I realistic actually, looking, I think, is the key thing that's throwing people off is that I, uh, the cover and everything is like, is this a notebook for you to draw in or is this a story? You know, your first, these are I, the first questions. Yeah. I want to say that you might have gotten a very, very early look at it because I want to say Astronomicon was like the first time I had it and I, I didn't. I, I didn't exhibit it at Astronomicon, but I like came and visited uh, the Source Point crew. Yeah, yeah. As they were there, and I had it with me, and uh, it there, there I was actually it it almost ended up at uh, Source Point, which I would have been still very happy with. Um, and especially like uh, Travis was like Travis was like if we'd have done it, we'd have, we'd have made it an actual spiral bound book, and I'm like, oh, that would have been sweet. <laughs> um, and, and I, I love source point. And if that would have happened, that would have been a great home, you know? Um, but like Schiffer, like with the other stuff with the children's book stuff, it was like this package deal. Oh, like, yeah. That's a really good deal. I think it, no, I think it, um, it definitely fits that mold, man. It's definitely well suited to that and should be kind of available in through those venues because this is, this is definitely a, a far more wider scope of an audience than your usual graphic novels or, or comic book audience for sure. This is something incredibly unique man it's it's so cool that you came up with this and you know i'm not even done it yet i've had it for a little while there uh your publisher was very very kind to send me a, a copy to enjoy and it, there's just so much to soak in that you mm -hmm. know i find myself sometimes i just i'll waste 10 minutes just staring at one of the doodle pages and the problem with this book has also been that it makes me want to draw and I'll read a bit and oh. I'll have to pull out some paper and start drawing. And it's, it's very inspiring at the same time. And the story itself is, 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 is a, it's, it's an epic journey, but it's also a, a quiet, a quiet inward reflection at the same time. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's, I think it's relatable and accessible because uh, I think you'd be fine. Hard, you'd be hard pressed to find, somebody who never doodled in their notebook a little bit when they weren't supposed to be right. Right. Just the idea that you can kind of lose yourself in it and you just kind of, you just kind of go off on this stream of consciousness, drawing bender, even if you don't consider yourself like an, an artist artist, like, you know, you're just doodling and you're just kind of in the moment and it's a, it's a nice feeling. And I think that this book kind of has uh, twinges of that where like it, it makes you feel like that as you're reading it. Absolutely, it does. It's <laughs> such easy. It's just so much fun stuff to look at in here. It's absolutely nuts. Uh, I don't know if there's anything that's been this fun to just even look at. Never mind how awesome the story is within it as well. So everybody's got to get it out there. Even when you guys did uh, No Rest for the Wicked, it was something different. You know, yeah. you, you guys have this. There's definitely this uh, unique minor outlook on the world, eh? Well, you know, I, I think we love uh, traditional uh, hero stories like the the monomyth, you know, like that, uh, you know, is like the, the archetype for like, you know, like New Hope and things like that. And it, we, I, I love stuff like that, the Joseph Campbell kind of those story arcs I do. But um, I also enjoy things that just look a little bit different, feel a little bit different. And so, you know, like when we were doing no rest for the wicked we're just kind of like playing around with some different things and and we were just kind of talking about 
you know, Jake has these awesome pencils. And we're like, let's not, let's not even fight his pencils. Like, let's just use his pencils and let's just make this like a, like, look like it's like a, a graphic novel version of like a dime novel that you found in your grandpa's attic. Right. And, yeah. and I, <laughs> yeah, and that's, totally. and we were like, we're like, let's like, that was the aesthetic we were going for. Like we wanted it to feel like you found it. And, yeah. uh, and, that's and it was awesome. just like, my, my great grandfather left me, uh, a bunch of dime, like old, old Western, oh, yeah. like uh, dime books, and they inspired me. In grade six, uh, we had this teacher and uh, Mrs. Kitmer, and she had this amazing thing that she did, where you had a whole year-long project, and it was to write a novel. So you did all your Ooh. usual schooling and you did all your usual stuff, but one day a week for the entire year was spent working on this book. And you had to write a novel and do it properly. You had to write a first draft, a second draft, a third draft, then a final draft. You had to bind it. You had to laminate it. You had to do a cover page. You had to do little wow. illustrations. You do the whole thing. And it was a year-long project, right? And it was brilliant and uh, got so deep into it. And I did uh, The Adventures of Billy the Kid because oh, I was nice. inspired by all these dime novels and stuff. And mm -hmm. these old, like, uh, magazine size, almost, like, comic books right with all like you're saying yeah. those like pencil style drawings so that's what i did i did myself i did a few of these i inked them though because i liked the the i was huge and crazy at that time in my life because this was like grade six right so i was like young um but it it, it left an indelible impression on, on me that she did this and you know i still have it somewhere on a shelf somewhere. that's awesome yeah and i dedicated it to my grandpa at the time because he had left me all the books and everything and uh it was such a cool idea i'm so thankful that she did that and took the time to give us because how many kids that's another thing it makes me question education because like, i got this, all all the time to work on this one pot project that i got passionate about now my son uh missed an entire semester of school due to the pandemic right so he was mm -hmm. home and he did his schooling he did his online work but you know my kid's pretty you know on top of things so he got it done very promptly and then would draw so he has been spending the last year doing nothing but drawing and he was pretty good at the beginning he's always been pretty good and a little bit advanced but dude i will tell you where he's come to in the past like yeah. you know eight months or so I wonder if he would, obviously he wouldn't be near anywhere near that level if he hadn't had all day, every day to practice. And that makes you think yeah. should he be giving kids more time to focus on the things that they're passionate about. You know, I think, I think in theory, yes. Oh my God. Like, yeah. I, I think the hard thing is, is the, the idea that we can find what every kid is passionate about at this age, I don't think that's realistic. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. It's the intent. Um, but I mean, like if, if we could identify it, yeah. Oh my gosh. But, yeah. but like, like, is every kid going to be into writing a novel for the year? Is that their passion? No, but, but if you can find a kid where that is their passion, let's do it. Let's, let's do it a hundred percent. Right. But I don't, right. yeah. I but, think uh, the big thing in that was just like uh, teaching how to kind of do a project. You know, with oh, deadlines and with structure, and with discipline and all that kind absolutely. of stuff, right? But I think definitely when you see a kid who clearly has a mm -hmm. passion for something, and they do it with sports all the time, right? They they take these all the time for prodigies, and they're like, if you're good at sports as a kid, you know, they'll you know you get lots of lots of input for that. Not so much like the the young kids as artists. A lot of them have to when you're a young kid and you're into art and i remember myself you know drawing for years you're pretty much on your own as far as trying to advance or learn anything right i was about to say uh, uh the the artist road is a solitary one in a lot of ways and is this is this the the young budding artist right this here the young budding artist right here this is daclan that's kevin minor say hello how's it going man there you go um, I was looking at some of your artwork, man. That's impressive. He's saying he's looking at some of your artwork. It's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. He's say thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're just I, 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 I saw the yeah. top of a thumbs up. That counts. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> and also he's got this glorious COVID. Yeah. He's got quite on. the main yeah, going on. Yeah. yeah. 
but it's uh yeah man it's it, if we could give them a little bit of time for whatever more you know are you thankful you've gotten like the last eight months to do nothing but draw yeah yeah and you and, and it's amazing like just how much like i drew a lot as a kid but you know, maybe in the night or the evening for a couple hours or whatever, this kid will wake up, draw all day, and go to bed. It's 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 kind of insane. Yeah, I was already showing off your thing there, but enough because I'm turning into a doting father who's just doing nothing but bragging about his kid. We're supposed to be bragging about his nieces right now. So this is Kevin's book. Remember I showed oh, you. This? Oh, brag away. Remember? <laughs> Did you not see this yet? Yeah. This is super cool. Kevin made this. It's a graphic novel. But yeah, isn't that neat? So he did it like with pencil and actual line paper, and then he just scanned it and made a book. So his brothers, who are also artists, did the real pages of these guys of the like the creator here. So it's his. He's doing the drawing in the drawing in the notebook, and then the character in the notebook kind of comes to real life and is like communicating with him and stuff. Also, the cover glows in the dark. Does it really? Yeah, it does. I didn't so know it, that. What? So, so in so in the book, it, it looks exactly like uh, the when he's carrying it around. You see, it looks just like the cover. Um, so uh, can't tell because my my right. editor at my my editor at Schiffer surprised me with that, saying um, that they that they made the word notebook glow and the, and the spine glows too. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. That's amazing. That's super fun, and, man. And and she was just like, "Well, it's radioactive, isn't it? You know, like in the book it becomes radioactive." And, and I'm like, "That is some really good logic." Yes, you it is. I don't even know if we actually mentioned that. Uh, you know, as we I don't think we did. Yeah, here, I think we why skipped don't you it. Tell the people what the actual plot of the book is. I like this. We're we're we're, we're going to Tarantino. We're going to come around back at the end. Totally, it's we're, all over <laughs> the place, man. So it wasn't so yeah, this uh, live shit. <laughs> So yeah, so okay, thanks. In in the, the the core premise of the book, or or what what starts the book off is the kid, uh, he's late for school and he um is in a rush and he wants to cook some pizza for breakfast before he goes to school and he puts his pizza on a styrofoam plate and he puts his plate on his notebook by accident and so when he microwaves his pizza the the styrofoam lets off uh, fumes and the the sparks from the from the ring of the notebook create a cloud of awesomeness and uh he breathes <laughs> and uh that cloud of awesomeness causes his uh notebook to become radioactive and then the drawings inside of his notebook then come to life after that and as we've alluded to several times um he he, he draws in his notebook and what he finds is that um sometimes he draws he, he uses his notebook to as a catharsis to kind of um deal with his problems but he leaves him his notebook what he finds is that his notebook his problems come to life so now he has to he has to deal with his problem right. he can't hide from him anymore and that's where it gets deep <laughs> yeah but but see like but that that is what happens but i mean like i it's much goofier than that you know what i mean it is but it, it, I, it, don't just say goofy though because even though parts of it are goofy parts of it are just darn cool there's parts that are funny there's parts that are fun there's parts that are kind of deeper but then there's parts that are like adventurous and there's parts that are just epic and there's parts that are just insane and almost make no goddamn sense um it's true but it all comes together <laughs> in this beautiful you know epic journey and stuff like the doodle graveyard fantastic like that's oh yeah it's just gold you know what i mean where can people get this goddamn thing well you can get it from uh Schiffer publishing directly you can get it from amazon you can get it from barnes and noble uh, i believe uh I, somebody told me they tried to get it at walmart and target which you used to be able to so but you can't now so i guess they're sold out or maybe they stopped selling i don't know but um you can definitely get it from Barnes and Noble. You can definitely get it from Amazon. You can order it through any local comic shop, which is always an awesome thing to do. Um, and a, a number of them around the mid Michigan area or the, I should say the Metro Deport, Metro Detroit area. Uh, they've got them because I like said, if they get them, I'd go in and sign them, which I did. So <laughs> you can go, you can go, you can go, you can go get a, Score yourself a signed copy somewhere. Hey, if you um, can, kids, if you can get these through anywhere local, whether it's a local bookstore or a local comic shop, right? Oh now yeah, absolutely. To do so, um, of course, if it's easiest and uh, your only outlet is to get it through an Amazon type 
platform, please do. But if you can support local, uh, I know Kevin and his involvement in the Michigan family uh, over the years, he would definitely concur that uh, if you can do it local, do it. Uh, But you can't just make sure that you do somehow, even if it's through the Amazon, because this mega awesome notebook is mega awesome and uh it's it's brilliant stuff so kevin thank you so much for coming on and spending an hour talking about this book because that alleviates uh me having any guilt over having received a free copy of this book <laughs> uh, from your publisher uh for review because uh you know it's, it's fun um you know, I'm not a reviewer uh, as far as like writing reviews, but uh, if you do enjoy reading reviews, uh, you yourself on po- uh, Twitter and Facebook have posted some really awesome reviews. People yeah. are really enjoying this book and they've done some really cool uh, interviews with you as well, where you uh, go a little deeper into the story. Um, but yeah, man, congratulations on all the success Thanks. with this uh it's great to see you again too man i'm glad uh yeah. I'm glad for the procreation and the extension of the family <laughs> yep yep yeah. it's, it's been a uh a time where i think i would have been locked down anyways during the pandemic with uh having two kids under three years old yeah well so. at least they're young enough <laughs> also that you know this if we get over this suit enough it won't super stick in their memory but it will yeah. be an awesome story that's why you know it's hard like I got a 10 year old, like, and he's, yeah, you know, how's he's going to stick to it? I remember when I was 10, uh, it was 1987, man. You can imagine what I was into at the time, you know, wasn't having to worry about mm-hmm. this crap and stuff. So, uh, again, kids get out there, get the mega awesome notebook by Mr. Kevin, uh, minor and family, uh, kids, guess what that, if I can get things rolling here. One of these days, I'm going to work out these bugs, kids. I'm telling you. But either way, that's all we're going to have this week on an elegant weapon. So take it ace. Again, that is the slackers that you hear. Scott Boheem off the Boss Harmony session. Available on Spotify, Amazon, a whole bunch of places. Pick that up. Thanks so much, kid. Uh, this is probably the last show of the year. So, Kevin, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Everybody be kind. There's the Padawan waving goodbye. Well, I'll talk to you real soon. One love. <laughs> <laughs>